Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> Long time no see on the weekly groceries. And I just want to begin by thanking you for being so patient because we haven't recorded an episode in two weeks. And I will explain, please allow me to explain. The first thing is that I received a strike from YouTube, meaning that I couldn't actually post any new posts or videos uh, on YouTube. So I was just, I was continuing to post my scheduled content as you will have been able to see and enjoy from me. However, I was not actually able to upload anything new. Uh, the reasons for this, I mentioned my, my, on uh, the description box of my, of my videos and they said I'm not allowed to do that. So naughty, naughty me. Um, but now I'm able to post again. And the second thing is that generally speaking, I've not really felt like creating videos, which I've been on YouTube for two years. By the way, sorry, before I get carried away just talking about this, please make yourself comfortable as per usual. This is what the weekly groceries is for, in case we'd all forgotten since it's been so long since the last one. Uh, the weekly groceries is a safe space for us to chill out relax together, learn how to grow the garden of our lives together, and to devour some delicious food for thought, food for heart, and food for your soul. So whether you're new or not here, please let me know in the comments how your week has been, well, how your two weeks has been. A lot can happen in two weeks. Um, so let me know how you are, let me know what you're doing, what you're up to, and any particular insight from these past two weeks that you want to share with not only me, but the rest of the people in this community. I know we're only a small little bunch over here, but um, I appreciate every single one of you that decides to hang out with me during these weekly groceries and on my channel in general. Um, it's, it's almost been two years since being on YouTube and we're still going. We're still going and I'm still enjoying it, but it's not I haven't ever really experienced a point where I just felt a a dip in terms of um, wanting to create things. Like, of course, I still want to be here and I still really enjoy creating content. But I think these past couple of weeks, I've just been processing a lot. So I didn't really and I haven't really felt I haven't really felt called to go on the camera. So I honor I honor those feelings. I honor how I'm feeling. If I don't really feel like doing it, then that's OK with me. And it's not a case of running out of inspiration, but r rather more so requiring more time to reflect and process what I'm going through so that I can then transmit these insights to you in a way that is digestible for all of us. So really, it's important to take this time away. Um, and even in your own life as well, it's really important to... Oh my God, I forgot. Your drink. Now I made you a mint a mint tea. No, it's, it's green tea with mint. Um, and I, to be honest, I don't have any intention of drinking it. I just purely made this for you. I've just brushed my teeth, so I don't really want to be drinking tea, but this is for you. So I'm just going to sit that over there for you. Kick your feet up. Uh, I don't know if you, some of you listen to this quite passively, whether you're in the car, it's like a podcast kind of thing. Others, others of you may sit down and have a cup of tea with me and we're just chit chatting, but whatever space you're in right now, I'd really just like you to um, come into presence with me. And what do I mean by that is simply just allowing yourself to experience this pocket of time that we're sharing together right now and be totally here with me. And this is a theme that I would actually like to discuss for this weekly groceries. And 
already it's been like a week or two since I actually filmed a video. Um, since my last weekly groceries talking about... Oh my god, what were we talking about? Um, meowing. We were talking about meowing. Meow! And how to uh, exit the matrix to start creatively contributing. Now if you missed that one you might enjoy that because that's very juicy. But um, it's I've only filmed one video since the weekly groceries. And every time I come back onto the camera, even after if it's been a little a little while after um, my last one that I filmed, I always remember just how much I love doing it. Like I already love being here. I already love talking to you. So we're getting back into the groove. But I just thought it was really important to take some time for me to rejuvenate, to process what's been going on. Because right now I'm back in my hometown up north. Um, just for a short stint. I just decided to come home for a little bit. Um, I went to a funeral. This is my second ever funeral. Um, my uncle died and I'm fine. I, I'm, I processed that pretty well because I didn't, I didn't really know him that well. Um, so I felt very detached from the situation. At first, I'll be very transparent with you. At first, I kind of felt guilty about the fact that I didn't feel grief, but this is what I want to talk about in this episode is really coming to create intimacy with yourself and be emotionally available, not just for others, but also for yourself and how to be emotionally available for yourself. So in the beginning, I was like, I don't, I don't know why I don't feel sad. I don't know why I don't feel bad about this because obviously someone that's close to, close to my family has just died. But I, at the same time, I also acknowledge uh, through the practice of self-awareness that I can't help how I feel. I have no control over my feelings like if we take feelings and look at them objectively they are literally physical sensations and re reactions within the body that you don't really have a lot of control over so if we start looking at it in terms of like a chemical a chemical clinical kind of way your emotions are it's your body responding in a certain way to external or imagined stimuli and you have no control over this whether you feel sad at this point in time, whether you feel angry at this point in time, whether you feel confused, you don't really have a lot of control over it. It is your job simply to be the compassionate witness to whatever you feel. So in response to going to the funeral, I didn't really experience any sort of grief. Um, and I guess I'm blessed in that way. I just wanted to be there to support my dad. So I decided to go, go to the funeral, be there for him, and then come home and chill for a little bit because I'm actually going away. You'll you'll see, you'll see in the upcoming weekly groceries. We're gonna we're, we're gonna be in a radically different location to where we are right now. It's gonna be sunny, it's gonna be hot, it's gonna be beautiful. You're gonna love it. I'm gonna take you there with me because I'm gonna be filming the weekly, the next weekly groceries, or the one after that, uh, in my secret new location that I am going to. P.S. It's outside of the U.K., which I'm very excited about because I've not left the U.K. since Mexico. But I just thought. I want to go and get some sunshine in my heart. So that will be happening. But going back onto what I was talking about, uh, why I'm here, um, I've been I've been traveling around a, a few more places in the UK. I went to Cheltenham, I went to Bristol. I've just been hopping all over the place, but now I'm just settling back up north just for a little bit and experiencing a bit more stillness right now. I'm spending a lot of time alone rejuvenating, recuperating myself. And so right now I'm going to ask you if you could just be present with me 
even if it's just for a few moments because I know that when you're passively listening to a podcast or a longer chat style video you can kind of dip in and out of listening but right now I just invite you to be totally present with me just hear my words and hear my voice and you don't have to do anything you don't have to do anything right now unless you're driving you have to be steering the wheel and you know using your feet on the pedals of course and looking out for old ladies crossing the road but otherwise you know you can spend this time with me relaxing knowing that there's nothing you need to do there's nowhere you need to be there's no rush for anything all i really require of you is to be here right now a practice that evidently in our lives can be very hard because we're always trying to plan for what's coming next we're stressing over things that haven't happened yet but take this time just to be here right now maybe you want to close your eyes maybe you want to look around the room that you're in and just take it all in soak it all in and that's what it means to be at one with where you are and with your environment is you you take it all in you allow all of it to infiltrate you in this moment. Not rejecting certain parts, not leaving certain parts out, not avoiding certain parts, but to integrate everything into the moment that you're experiencing right now. Knowing that we're not gonna experience that moment again, unless time travel is real, which I don't know. I don't know if it's real, do you? Comment down below if you know if time travel is real, let us all know. But otherwise you're not really going to experience this moment again and I think when you're present you you realize that on a new radical level that every moment that you experience you want to be experiencing it fully you want to be experiencing it with a total immersive presence so that life does not pass you by and I don't want life to pass you by if you hear scratching noises absorb it it's my sister's rabbits just clawing away at their box, their little tray. Totally absorb it. Hear it. And be here with me. Feel how your body feels right now. You know, I was initially, if I haven't been on the camera in a while, initially I feel kind of like a, um, my heart racing a little bit. Get a little bit nervous. I don't know why, it just happens. And the more it happens, the more I experience that. Uh, it's lessened over time, most definitely, but I just realise not to, that it's not my job to analyse that feeling. And the same applies to your life and with your feelings when you start to be emotionally available for yourself, is that you don't need to analyse why you feel all the time. To be an analytical about every little thing, to try and dissect life, and to try and dissect why other people are being the way they are, why this thing is happening in your life, or why you are the way you are, is a very analytical way of living. And it kind of depletes you. It's a very mind-based way of living. And we know that through living through your mind all the time, in the constant narration, natterings of your head, this drains you. This takes you away from life because you're living all of it through a narration inside of your own head through a screen of thoughts. And as you cultivate more presence with yourself, not just through meditation, but also just by actively soaking in your environment, 
remembering to breathe and be here in your life and be present with yourself, you'll find that the mind becomes quieter and quieter. That you detach more from whatever your mind is saying or however it's nitpicking at your environment, trying to find things wrong with your life or trying to find things wrong with who you are. Because that's what your mind likes to do. This is why I'm so passionate about teaching um, on the nature of the mind is because this is the first filter that things pass through in your life experience is through your own head. Firstly, we look at something and then automatically we get sort of certain commentary about things through our mind. Our mind starts creating expectations of what it wishes would happen or why things should not be the way that they are. And when you have such a dense filter of thoughts swirling around your head, suffocating you like that, life looks less colorful. Life looks less vibrant because you are filtering it through the screen of your own thoughts which oftentimes your thoughts are very distorted, they have nothing to do with reality, they have nothing to do with what's actually going on because you're layering over this idea of what you think is going on, your own distorted conception of what's happening. And that will lead to feeling miserable because oftentimes you're not, your mind is saying negative things about what's going on or why things should not be happening like this, why do they have to be happening to me, etc, etc. So if you want to be emotionally available for yourself, I'm going to be mainly talking about being emotionally available for yourself, but this also, I'll probably do another episode extending out to being emotionally available for other people. Actually, no, we're going to do, we're going to do a whole uh, cohesive um, talk about emotional availability. And the reason that I want to talk about this, now that we've grounded ourselves in presence, you're in your body, you're listening to me and you're, you're here, you're here with me, you're here with life. We're diving into life, we're not moving away from life, we're diving into it, we're immersing ourselves in it with presence. It's because these past two weeks I've experienced very opposing and contrasting ends of the spectrum in terms of emotional availability, availability from other people. I've experienced uh, from someone close to me extreme emotional unavailability. And I've been witnessing it. I've been using this as kind of a little observation and as to what this looks like and then what its opposite looks like. The difference between experiencing that extreme emotional availability, and we're going to expand more on this, by the way, and talk more about what this actually means, and that extreme emotional availability is that there is a radical difference in the energetic presence of the people involved when you are emotionally available, you are energetically interested in this person or in yourself. Your energy is there. You are present. You are willing to actually listen. You are willing to actually witness and see and acknowledge and understand someone, someone else or yourself. And I think the reason for a lot of our unhappiness is that in most cases, especially on the spiritual path, a lot of people experience emotional unavailability in their lives. They become disappointed by other people, uh, from, from feeling hurt by other people, they go through a lot of pain. And you never really fully tend to experience that complete presence of having your feelings heard, of having your presence acknowledged, of having your essence acknowledged, of being acknowledged for who you are, 
And I think that is radically important and significant right now. I think that's what we need right now. I think that is deeply, uh, from my observations these past two weeks and generally in my life, I think what we are all really craving deep down is to feel energetically witnessed and felt and seen for all that we are. And if you've never had that, you've never experienced that, something is going to feel amiss. And that is really what I, I hope to provide for you on this channel in my videos, is at least a little snippet of emotional availability, of presence, which is why in my videos I do my absolute best to be here with you, to be totally here with you. And I'm not perfect because sometimes I have my own little worries going on, but generally speaking, when I'm making a video, I wanna be here with you 100%. I wanna be here with you with my fullest attention. And that's why I love creating these videos is because it helps me to cultivate that presence, to be here. And I know that we're not, we're not interacting person to person to person, face to face right now, but I hope you can at least experience and taste a glimpse of that energetic presence. And so when someone is emotionally unavailable, they're not there with you. It's like the things that you say is kind of going in one ear and out the other again. And I, I've been experiencing this these past two weeks from someone very close to me. I'm not going to get too specific because that doesn't really matter. But I was just observing. I was observing these kind of dynamics. And oftentimes when someone is emotionally available, it's not inherently their fault. They are completely immersed in their own world. They're completely immersed in their own thoughts and they don't know. They don't know how to be available. They don't know how to listen because no one's ever really listened to them maybe in their past. So how can they possibly listen to you? Or maybe no one has ever really validated their feelings 100%. So they never really learned the skill of doing that for other people. So if someone's not available, you must learn not to take it personally. And this is a lesson that I have to repeatedly learn, but it's really understanding that it's true what Jesus said, you must forgive them for they know not what they do. When you are emotionally unavailable, you're ha acting out unconsciously because it is our nature, it is our innate essence to be emotionally available, to be loving, to be there, to be present. And then we accumulate all this conditioning from the world that kind of fucks us up in a way and makes us not really feel like we have the capacity to hold space for everything because we are distracted by other means. We're distracted by worldly concerns. And maybe we even acquire patterns from our parents of not being emotionally available because we, we take them, we take our parents as our role models. So we just kind of copy what they're doing unconsciously. And we start acting out those patterns in our lives towards other people of not really being able to fully hold space for other people. But just as you can learn something, you can also unlearn something. So being emotionally available is really about unlearning the patterns that you've acquired about why you can't be there for yourself or others. And it's oftentimes a case of not really knowing how to process feelings or being afraid of feelings that is at the heart of emotional unavailability. 
because we fear what we can't understand. And this is something that I really observed in this person, uh, these people that were emotionally unavailable, is that if you don't understand something, you can't, can't quite fathom it from your own point of view, it's very hard for you to hold space for that. It's very hard for you to integrate that, especially if you're not fully, uh, if, especially if you're not self inclined towards self-awareness, it's very hard for you to kind of see beyond your own perspective. It's hard for you to put yourself in, in someone else's shoes. So you might, if you're, if you're dealing with someone that's emotionally unavailable, you might fear the feeling of sadness. You might think, how can, how can someone just cry like that openly? Or you might be, uh, you might feel that they're afraid of um, fully witnessing someone else's vulnerability, for example. And so if you want to be more emotionally available, you have to be willing to be very okay with a rainbow of different feelings, a myriad of different feelings, and to just totally acknowledge that anything you feel is 100% valid. Anything you ever feel is valid. Sometimes your responses and your reactions to your feelings are not valid because they may be operating from a deep sense of egoic, um, egoic behavior, like lashing out at other people or arguing with other people or shouting. But the initial feelings behind that lashing out, that shouting or that acting out may be anger. And that anger is not wrong. It's not wrong or bad to feel angry. This is something that I wish for you to integrate into your life so deeply is that nothing you feel is wrong. Nothing you feel is wrong. So when you feel tired, it's not wrong to feel that way. If you feel jealous, it's not wrong to feel that way. If you feel angry, it's not wrong to feel that way. You must introduce a radical sense of acceptance into what you feel if you want to be emotionally available to yourself. Because otherwise, what you're doing is you are invalidating your feelings. You're saying you shouldn't be feeling that way. And if we kind of look at this in terms of you sitting down with someone that's really close to you and someone that you love, and, you, and let's say it's your best friend, you wouldn't tell them, oh, don't feel that way. Don't do that. Don't cry. Oh, you shouldn't be feeling that way. You've got it all, you've got it all figured out. You've got everything you need. You're so lucky, but then you're telling them that what they're feeling is wrong, for example. Or, oh God, so pathetic that you feel this way. You shouldn't be feeling this way. That is, that is emotional unavailability because it's placing judgment on feelings and it's making yourself or other people feel wrong for feeling a certain way. So you have to really learn to surrender to how you feel be okay with it. It's like um, these past two weeks when I haven't really felt like making a video, I could be hard on myself and say, no, you need to do this and force myself, even when I'm not really feeling like it inside. But no, because I have been practicing emotional availability for myself and creating intimacy with myself, I totally allow myself to feel that way and say, yeah, it's okay. It's okay that I don't feel like this right now. It's not gonna stay this way forever. But I introduce a sense of okayness. Instead of being hard on myself, I'm gentle with myself. And say, yeah, it's okay to feel this way. You're gonna 
You're gonna feel inspired to create a video soon, but for now, just rest. Enjoy the time relaxing instead of thinking that you should be doing something else, pressuring myself to do something else. So that emotional availability extends into just being okay with how you feel, being okay with the rainbow of how you feel. You, if you're grieving something in your life right now, it's okay. Don't, don't judge yourself for feeling that way. Some people think, oh, I should have gotten over this by now. But by saying that, you know you're placing a judgment value on how you f you're feeling because you're comparing it to how you think you should be feeling? That's not being emotionally available for yourself. That's wishing that you were in a space that you're not in. And when you do that, you deny the reality of how you feel right now. And that's mean. You big meanie. <laughs> no, I'm joking. But that's mean. It's very mean to, and it's, it's, it's hard on yourself to be constantly wishing that you felt um, a way that you, you don't feel in the reality of how you feel right now. So if you're sad about something right now, if you're feeling even guilty about something right now, if you're feeling resentful at someone right now, can you just introduce a sense of okayness into the equation and just surrender and admit to it and say, yes, this is exactly how I'm feeling right now. Are you jealous of someone else? Be okay with that. Surrender to that. In doing so, you create space. You create that emotional space for yourself to breathe and relax because, oh, thank God, you actually recognize it's all right to feel this way. It's okay to cry. It's okay to feel sad. And you are dropping away all the conditioning that, is, that has told you that it's wrong to feel a certain way. Like we accumulate this conditioning that tells us, ooh, you should not be angry. It's bad to be angry. You need to shut your mouth and be quiet and just be calm. You know, you might have been told that as a child, that any time you, you might not consciously remember this, but any time you may have expressed anger as a child, expressed your, your wants, you may have been shut down because it's inconvenient for your parents to deal with your anger. And so you acquired the emotional habit and the conditioning to shut down your anger and never voice your anger because it might mean that people withdraw their love from you. It might mean that people withdraw their approval of you. And so we realise that all the ways in which we condition ourselves to avoid or suppress or judge our feelings are actually derived from us wanting to feel secure within a sense of love from other people. So if we cried as children, we may have, and people told us off for that, or people thought we were pathetic for crying, we may emotionally shut down whenever we cry, and we may feel embarrassed or ashamed of crying, and then we have the initial feeling of sadness, and then we have our judgment on top of our sadness saying, you shouldn't feel this way, you need to be tough, you need to be strong, you can't cry. And all of that was born out of a unconscious desire as a child to secure love in whatever way you can. Because we, we want our parents or we want our caretakers to love us. We want them to like us because it ensures our survival. It ensures our safety. So in order to stay safe, what we start doing is learning and attuning to our environment and trying to acclimatize to the people around us to find out and figure out 
what is the best way to earn love? What is the best way to stay safe in this environment? Oftentimes, a byproduct of that is to shut down our feelings and learn certain uh, emotional habits of not, not crying or not being angry or not overtly expressing how we feel for fear that our parents or caregivers or whoever was around us might ridicule us. And that's why we might find that it's difficult for you to experience vulnerability. And this is something that I've really been processing lately is being okay with being vulnerable. And my YouTube has greatly helped with that because obviously I'm talking about my own experiences on here. I'm talking about my feelings a lot. I'm talking about my own insights a lot. And you have to be vulnerable to do that. It's a process that I learn more and more, but I return back to what I said about your inherent nature, who you naturally are, is someone that is vulnerable. It is only your accumulated conditioning and armour that you collect from your past experiences that then closes you off, that then shields your heart from being vulnerable. And the heart space is really where we, we close, we close ourselves off because we fear what other people might say if we actually say how we feel. We fear being ridiculed if we were to cry in public. And by the way, I used to be very uncomfortable with crying in front of other people, very, very uncomfortable. But now it's like, I remember uh, a few, this is a while ago actually, a few months ago, I was crying on the train. I was just processing something that I was going through at the time. Um, I was just crying on the train, it's okay. Lady offered me tissues, what a lovely lady. And I was just crying on the train. Now I just cry, if I feel like crying, it's okay, I just let myself cry. It was becoming okay with that discomfort and realizing that there's nothing wrong with me for feeling how I feel. There's nothing wrong with me if I'm crying. There's nothing wrong with me if I'm feeling angry. And I want you to adopt that same kind of validation towards yourself to be emotionally available for yourself and for others and to fully witness yourself, fully see yourself and know that you are not less than for feeling how you feel. It doesn't make you any less than a, less of a person. It doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you. Let's say you start to feel jealous about something in your life doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you. It simply means that there's a feeling there to be processed. That's why it's there. It's signaling something to you deep within. And the same applies to any, any feeling, any feeling you can think of. Let's say that you start feeling guilty. Oftentimes our initial response to that feeling is, oh, I don't feel guilty. Or we start feeling guilty about feeling guilty and oftentimes a lot we feel guilty for feeling how we feel we feel guilty for feeling angry we feel ashamed of feeling sad but you see when that happens you have your initial feeling and then you're compounding on top of it your resistance to the feeling and your judgment of the feeling and that is the complete opposite of what it means to be emotionally available which means that you are present with it you're totally at one with yourself in that moment, in the reality of what's happening in that moment. And this radically changes the quality with which you can respond to the emotion. 
because instead of making yourself feel wrong or terrible for feeling down or for feeling jealous or feeling guilty, you just admit to it. You're totally honest with yourself. You're radically honest with yourself. Yes, this is how I'm feeling right now. In doing so, it means you're not trying to change who you are in that moment. Now, I'm not saying your emotions are who you are. What I am saying is in that moment, sometimes it can feel like that. And you, you must stop trying to change who you are in that moment. Trying to change the feeling does not get rid of it because it implies resistance to what's going on. It means you wish, you wish it would go away. You wish you could change it, but you would not say to your best friend that's sitting opposite you, I wish I could change you. I wish I could make you a different person. I wish I could make you not angry. In doing so, you're kind of invalidating the experience of it. And I used to be someone that would invalidate how I feel. But through this process of just being okay with how I feel, being there for myself, whenever I did feel different kinds of emotions, that's how you start cultivating intimacy with yourself. When you do that, you are able to then extend yourself outwards and cultivate intimacy with other people on a very deep level. You're there to witness them, not to change them, not to try and fix them, but to be there with them. And when you experience that, not just from others, but with yourself as well, that you're not trying to fix yourself, you're not trying to mend your brokenness, but you're actually there for yourself. You see yourself in your totality and you are there to hold yourself. You're there to nurture yourself. That is intimacy with yourself. That is being available for yourself because your attention and your energy is focused on, am I here for myself? Am I saying that it's okay to feel this way? Am I fully being that witnessing, loving, tender presence that perhaps you've always craved in your life? And oftentimes we will try and seek that from others. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. But what I am saying is that it's very important for you to be there for yourself and be that loving presence for yourself that perhaps you crave. Other people can provide that for you. But when you start needing that to feel stable within yourself, that's when we have a problem. That's when you are coming, you're going off kilter, you're going off centre because your centre of gravity is now focused on how can I get my needs met through and feel good about who I am and feel validated for who I am through other people. And when you're solely focused on that and you need that to feel a sense of stability within yourself, this is inevitably going to move you closer away from intimacy with yourself. So I'm not saying that it's bad or wrong to, to want that. We all want that. We're all human. It's nice to have that. But when you start needing it, when you start relying on it, when you start depending on that to feel a complete and whole sense of self, that's where you get closer away from yourself. And I think we can all resonate with that, where you, you maybe have thrown yourself into another person, expecting them to manage your feelings for you, expecting them to make you feel 
more whole? Did you ever stop to question that you could actually be the one to make yourself feel more whole if you would just listen to your feelings? If you would just reassure yourself in the way that you always wish that you'd been reassured? But it's okay. I'm here for you. I love you. Give yourself a hug right now. I don't care, actually, if you're driving, God damn it, if you're driving, please keep your hand on the steering wheel. But otherwise, if you're here chilling with me, give yourself a hug. Give yourself a warm and tender hug and just feel your own embrace right now. You may have never done this before, but just feel your, feel your hands on your body. And I want you to say, I'm here for you. I'm here for you. It's okay to be who you are. I'm never gonna leave you. And mean it. I want you to repeat these things until you feel on a vibrational level that you mean it. That you feel it at the core of your heart, that you are there for yourself and you will not invalidate who you are or how you feel. And when you practice this consistently, you will experience an embodied way of living, of actually genuinely being there for yourself. Not just a thought in your mind, but a true embodied experience of, I've got you, I've got your back. And you know, sometimes we, because of our learned childhood experiences, for example, we may feel this, this, this impulse to really remind ourselves that we're not gonna leave ourselves. We're not gonna abandon ourselves. Because that's what you may be worried about as you become more vulnerable. You may worry about other people leaving you. Or if I express how I feel, then other people are going to reject me or other people are gonna ridicule me. And obviously these aren't conscious thoughts that you have in your head, but I would like you to start becoming aware of these things. Do you fear being ridiculed or do you fear that other people are going to reject you or move away from you if you are open about how you feel? If you are vulnerable? I want you to just reassure yourself that you're not going to leave yourself. This is really tending to the inner child within you that really wants to hear that. That really wants to know that. That you're not going anywhere. And as you practice this consistently, you will understand and embody and know that love is always available to you. Intimacy with yourself is always available to you. It is never going anywhere. It is never going to leave you. The only times it might feel like that is when you start to invalidate yourself. You start to invalidate your feelings thinking that they don't matter. And that's when you start to turn away from yourself. 
emotion, emotional availability is about turning towards yourself or the other instead of turning away. Instead of brushing off being like, ah, who cares? Who cares how I feel or who cares how this other person feels? That's got such a belittling energy to it of just saying, oh, I don't, I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit how you feel right now. I'm not interested in how you feel right now. That's emotional unavailability. And that creates a pang of hurt. <laughs> I'm sure we've all experienced it. It creates a hurt inside of, oh, well, why don't you care? Why don't you care? Do you care about how you feel? Do you care about yourself? Of course you do. I don't care what other answers your mind comes up with. At your core, I know you do. I know you care about yourself. That's why you're here on this video, isn't it? To learn more about who you are, to grow. So of course you care about yourself. And it is time for you to become more energetically invested in being there for yourself being okay with who you are. Well, you know what we say on this channel about unconditional love is that it doesn't matter whether you're feeling up or you're feeling down, the self-love still goes all around. And it's kind of creating this, this secure, deep knowing within yourself that you are there for yourself through thick and thin that you are there for yourself, whether you're feeling confident and amazing or you're there for yourself if you're feeling shitty and sad, that I want this to become etched into your life. And how do you start implementing this more is knowing that you deserve to be there for yourself. Other people aren't always gonna be able to do that job. In an ideal world, they would be, okay? But sometimes they're not. Sometimes people don't have the space for that. But do you have the space for yourself? Do you take the time out necessary to slow down, stop rushing around, stop trying to distract yourself and actually process how you're feeling inside? This is why it's important to be quiet, to slow down. Spend some time, some me time. So you can actually process what's going on in your life instead of feeling overwhelmed or just bogged down by the stresses of life. So you can also ask yourself or others, what do you need right now? To be emotionally available with them and with yourself, you ask, what do you need right now? Is there anything I can do for you right now? Before we get to that step actually, it's cultivating a deep listening, being able to just sit there with yourself or with someone else and just listen to them. Just and without, without interrupting, without feeling the need to try and immediately res respond to what your mind is saying about, oh, you need to do this, you need to do that, oh, blah, blah, blah. can you just listen in total presence? 
that is powerful. That is so powerful when you hold that kind of space where you just are so with someone, you're so present, you're just absorbing what they're saying, you're witnessing what they're saying without needing to change them, without needing to fix them, without needing to control what's going on, but you're just there. That energy that you infuse and you bring to the table by doing that is transformative. It's a loving energy. It's coming back to being that unconditionally loving witness. And oftentimes we think about the unconditionally loving witness, the, the observer role as being, you know, observing our thoughts, observing our feelings, being that compassionate witness behind all of it, being like, oh, curious that I'm feeling this way, curious that I'm thinking these things. It's okay, it's all okay. Without resisting them, without judging them, without suppressing them infusing your life with that sense of, oh, I'm just observing. I'm just lovingly observing what's going on. Oh, I reacted that way today, oh, okay. I'm just lovingly observing it. Instead of being like, oh my God, you shouldn't have done that. Oh, you're so weird for doing that. Or, oh God, I wish you were further on your spiritual journey because you reacted in that way and then being mean to yourself, beating yourself up. Instead you are just being the loving observer throughout it all. It's just like, oh, Okay, I reacted that way today. Interesting. No hate, no shade, no shame. Just love. I'm not saying that you have to love the way that you reacted, for example, in that, in that scenario, but you still hold love for yourself regardless. But oftentimes we think of that witness as being relevant to um, ourselves and witnessing our thoughts, witnessing our feelings, witnessing our environment, but it also applies to being able to witness other people for who they are. And I made a video recently um, on how to have healthier relationships. And a lot of that is just to, to, to be, be able to see and acknowledge someone else for who they are and accept them for who they are. When you're emotionally available, you're more able to do that. You're more able to just be okay with who other people are without trying to change them, without trying to fix them. Because you think something's wrong with them and they need to conform more to you and your egoic wants and desires. And a lot of that has to do with taking things less personally. Because in a reactive, toxic, conflict-filled relationship, you're always gonna be projecting your own shit onto the other person. There's always there's gonna be two sense, senses of me, my, me, myself, and I, and me, myself, and I, of these two people. And each one is constantly going to be, be feeling that the sense of I is hurt, is so offended by what you've done. Well, how could you ever do this to me? Why would you do that? Why do you make me feel this way? And when you have a more dense, sense of I being hurt, being offended, being so upset by every little thing that someone does or doesn't do, and you walk around life never really acknowledging how to resolve your own internal reactions, and you never take accountability for your internal reactions, that's when you walk around the world being so upset by everything, so hurt by everything, Falling into a poor me mentality all the time. 
And when you have two of those in place, each person is just thinking about what they want. Each person is just thinking about how the other person hurt them so much. How annoying the other person is. Blaming the other person. And that's why they butt heads. That's why there's so much conflict there. So much drama. Because each is focused on this me, this sense of me. Me and how hurt I am. Me and how everyone else is doing things wrong and it's never me. And in that space, you can't be emotionally available. You can't. Because you're constantly trying to walk the world around you to conform to your own expectations of how other people should behave all the time. So that nothing is ever right. Always seems like other people are the problem or that there's things wrong all the time. That's why you have to take the time to really process your own inner reactions and process your own inner projections so that you're not casting out your own issues onto other people. Because when you're doing that, you can't be in a space to listen to them properly. You can't be in a space to fully be there with them because you'll just be feeling resentful inside. You'll be feeling resentful and you, you won't be listening to them because you'll be thinking about, oh, why is this person talking about themselves all the time? Or why, why do they have to feel that way? I don't understand why they can feel that way. I'm the one who's hurt in this situation or I'm the one that feels this way and they're making it all about them. That, those kinds of mind narrations are the kinds of things that just produce more emotional unavailability because they reinforce the sense that it's all about you and it's all about this hurt sense of self. And when you're constantly fixated on that, you're lost in your head firstly and you can't be there for, your, for the other person. You can't. And that's what I mean when I say that it's important to be energetically interested in the other person when we're talking about emotional availability with other people is that you're genuinely interested in what they have to say, in who they are and how they're feeling. And I know that sometimes it's very difficult to cultivate that space when you are in an argument or you are feeling hurt. You have to, you have to process that so that it doesn't create blockages between you and this other person. Can you listen to them? Can you hold that space for them without interrupting, without wanting to tell your side of the story? Can you just listen to them? Let them talk? And I know that sometimes that can feel frustrating because you might not see eye to eye, but it's at least having the interest and the curiosity to understand why this person feels this way. Having the curiosity and the interest in the other person to want to know why they feel upset. Or want to know what's going on in their life. Because after observing the emotional availability in my life, I realised that that comes from a space of just not being able to hold the space for other people to, to know what's going on in their life or to, to care. comes from a space of just not really feeling that, not really having that energetic interest. And what I mean by that, by the way, is that it's not just a, a mental kind of interest in, oh, let's just talk about your day and blah, blah, blah. It's like a, 
a presence, a felt thing that you can tell someone is there listening to you. You can tell that they are there hearing your words, receiving your words, rather than off in their own la-la land thinking about other things or thinking about themselves. When you're emotionally available, you are there to hold space for everything because there's presence there. There's a wantingness to know. There's a wantingness to know why you feel this way. There's a wantingness to know how to be okay with your feelings. Because you care about yourself, or you, or you care about this person, so you wanna know. You start sprinkling and infusing these interactions with yourself or with others with more of that loving presence. And in doing so, you stop trying to change things so much. Stop trying to fix things so much. And we can create a safe space for people to open up to us by simply being receptive to them and, and open to listening to them. You create a safe haven for them to feel safe to tell you how they feel because they know that you're not gonna interrupt them or you're not gonna react to them with your own projections or your own side of the story, but you're gonna actually listen to them. You may not fully understand it. You may not fully understand what this person is feeling, but you don't say that, oh God, not this again. You shouldn't be feeling this way, for example. That's a very extreme example, but it's so important to be, to be creating that safe haven a safe haven where you can open up and people feel safe to open up with you because they know that you're not going to judge them and obviously the mind the way that the mind works is very judgmental it's always kind of commenting on things but that's why we have to detach ourselves from mental commentary and mental natterings as well so that we feed less into these judgments of other people otherwise you're going to be judging people for how they feel all the time thinking that it's pathetic or that they, they shouldn't be feeling that way or that they should feel ashamed of feeling that way or feel make, you make you kind of infuse it with a sense of uh, making them feel embarrassed around you. But really we're trying to, we're trying to dismantle all that. We're trying to dissolve all of that because no one wants to, no one, people fear opening up because they feel there's a sense of, oh my God, I don't want to feel embarrassed or I don't want to feel ridiculed for sharing myself. I don't want to, I don't want to open myself up and I don't want to express myself because what if I feel ashamed or what if this person doesn't receive me properly or what if I just look like a fool? So to create that safe haven with yourself and with others is you do your best to dissolve the judgment and don't judge someone's character by how they're feeling in that moment. Don't judge the totality of who someone is in their essence by equivalating it with, I don't know if that's a word, but it is now, by equivalating it with how they feel in that moment. For example, if someone starts crying, to put this into practice, you don't think, oh my God, this person is so pathetic, or this person's so silly, and that's who they are because they're crying in this one pocket of time, this one moment, this one reality, one, one um, piece of reality that we're experiencing right now. Same applies to your feelings as well. If you feel jealous, 
it doesn't mean that it's the totality of who you are. It doesn't mean that it's something you have to feel really bad or wrong about. It's just one piece of what you're experiencing in this myriad of, uh, the myriad of different things that you can experience in this life. It's like a temporary reality. Because all feelings are temporary. All feelings are fleeting. Some might last longer than others, but truly, they, they can't last forever. They can't last forever. That's something very, very reassuring to tell yourself. Whenever you are feeling sad or down, you're just feeling uncomfortable inside, is that you reassure yourself, it's okay, this isn't gonna last forever. And maybe if you're witnessing and you're acknowledging and you're being there with, with someone else, you reassure them as well that it's okay. I know it hurts right now, but this is not gonna last forever. It's just really tapping, tapping into that part of you that's able to have compassion and not make someone else feel bad or wrong for the way they feel and make them feel like it's their fault. Something that I find very reassuring and comforting is to say that it's not your fault that you feel this way. If someone, if someone in your life is depressed, for example, it's not their fault that they feel that way. Or if you feel depressed, it's not your fault you feel that way. And whenever I used to feel lonely, because I used to, I, these past two years, not really anymore, but I, was, I would experience a lot of feelings of loneliness. It was kind of like this emotional habit that I would just kind of fall into and run into occasionally is this feeling of loneliness, but I would just reassure myself that it's not your fault you feel this way. It's not your fault. And thus we stop blaming ourselves. Or we stop blaming others. Blame doesn't really help anyone. Sometimes it's necessary if you know we want to hold people accountable, but to blame also means that there's some sort of punishment involved. Punishing yourself for feeling a certain way, or punishing another person for feeling feeling how they feel. So to be emotionally available, we have to really choose connection and presence over disconnection and lack of presence and choose to grow closer rather than grow further apart. And this is a skill that is a case of remembering, remember, remembering what it feels like remembering our true nature and our true capacity to be kind and to be gentle with ourselves and with others and unlearning those patterns of emotional unavailability being able to just hold space for the people to listen to them and in the past i would feel Especially with my family, I would feel I would feel resentful whenever they would kind of um, express their feelings to me or vent to me or just talk about themselves because it would get this kind of uh, it would trigger this kind of unresolved uh, wound within me of like, why? Why do you only talk about yourself and you never really listen to me? And I kind of felt like I had this little mind story going on of like, oh, I'm just a sounding board for other people's emotions. But as I've grown on my journey and I've dissolved that feeling, I let go of that mind story that it's, it's all about me. Because in, in essence, it, it, if you say that to yourself and you feel like you are a sounding board for other people's feelings and, and, um, and ramblings, it's because you're, you're focusing on your sense of self again. Like, 
I am a sounding board for other people's ideas. It's all poor me. And when I recognised that tendency, I just, I did a lot to process that and to let that go so that it didn't interrupt my ability to be present with other people. Because when you, if you, if you feel resentful that other people don't listen to you or that other people don't care about you, you're kind of reflecting it back on you again and kind of make it into a poor me thing. Like I'm the victim here, no one listens to me and no one cares about me. When you're in that space, you're projecting. You don't have the space to hold for other people to listen to them properly. So whenever I would listen to, in the past, I would have a conversation with my family, I'd feel resentful inside because I was fixated on that little uh, story that I'd tell myself of no one really cares about me. I'm, I'm always the one to be listening to other people. As I've grown on my journey, I've just dissolved that and saw that this is futile. It's futile to think that way. It's futile to, to, um, to continue holding on to that because it means that I'm less present. All of this is really about being more present. So nowadays, you know, if someone wants to, to vent to me and I feel like I can, I can listen, I feel like I'm okay to just hold space for that. Like, like, let's say I'm not tired and I'm not feeling like I need my alone time, then sure. I allow myself to open up to that without feeling the need to interrupt. And so these are just little instances where you can start cultivating more intimacy with other people. And then people will start trusting you more. Like if you're in a relationship right now and you feel like there's a lack of, there's a lack of vulnerability, um, you have to really cultivate a sense of trust and create a safe space for other people to trust you. For other people to confide in you, to feel safe with you because they know that you're not gonna to react to what they're saying or you're not going to devalidate how they're, how they're feeling by interrupting with what you think or what you feel, right? And a lot of this also comes down to uh, releasing your expectations of how other people should respond. Because when you're vulnerable, you must let go of the expectation that other people are gonna to respond to you in a certain way. Like, let's say you're vulnerable and you say to someone else, um, this is how I'm feeling, or I, I, I love you, or I really care about you. You must let go of the expectation that they're going to say it back to you, for example. You must let go of the desire to want them to to validate you back. You must really mean it when you say it and be okay. If they don't say it back, it's okay. You are still vulnerable. You still said it. That's the whole point of vulnerability is being, being able to be present with it, with whatever it is and just sharing it freely. That doesn't, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're not going to be afraid when you're doing it because I know that it can be scary to say how you feel and to admit your feelings in any situation. That's why you have to be vulnerable. You have to open yourself up to, I don't know how this is gonna be taken. I, you, you might still, while you're saying it, saying how you feel or expressing yourself, you might still have a fear of like, oh my God, what if I look stupid? Or what if this other person judges me? But you do it anyway. That's being able to open yourself up and be okay with the fear and process the fear and still do it anyway, still integrate the fear. So again, it's a kind of case of not pushing 
not pushing the fear away and not shutting the fear down being like oh no you could just you just have to say how you feel and just suck it up and i know you're scared but don't be a wuss about it it's not really like that that's not really the energy we're kind of going for right now it's kind of a i'm gonna i know i'm afraid right now i'm afraid to say how i feel but i'm okay with it and it, i'm lovingly going to open myself up anyway it's a case of are you willing to be open are you willing to open your heart really that's what inevitably in any situation is going to lead to more presence and more connection with yourself and other people how open are you how willing are you to be open really reflect on that because when you ask yourself that in situations that make you feel uncomfortable that you feel scared that kind of make you feel like out of control you ask yourself am i willing to open myself up am i willing to be open to life and i learned this beautiful concept from the book one of my favorite it's my favorite book it's my favorite book of all time i've read it like seven times and i'm still going to be traveling around with it because i i love it i think it's brilliant it's um the untethered soul by michael singer but he always speaks in that book about opening and closing you can either open your heart and stay open or you can close your heart and avoid expressing yourself avoid ever looking silly avoid crying in front of other people avoid listening to other people avoid letting other people in or you can really just start opening yourself up so that you and i love this this is from a bob proctor meditation that i i was doing is willingly giving and graciously receiving that's also a huge tenet of emotional availability is willingly giving your presence and graciously receiving other people's presence as well so that you allow yourself to be seen you allow yourself you you bear yourself to others you allow yourself to be received you allow your voice to be received you allow how you feel to be received and i'm not saying that always means you have to be vulnerable about every little thing and just always say how you're feeling all the time because it's a balance, a delicate balance between everything of knowing when to speak your feelings and when to express yourself and when to actually bite your tongue a little bit and just kind of process it on your own. But to be emotionally available means that you, you willingly give your presence. You actively listen. You actively there are there to witness other people. And you're able to receive the same from others. Sometimes that can be very difficult. Because it can be frightening. That you must let other people in. You must let other people see you. You must know that you are worthy of letting other people listen to your feelings. you're worthy of sharing so I think I'm gonna wrap it up there folks that was a very unexpected weekly groceries we got really deep and really serious there at some points Woohoo! 
but I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you so much for being here. Like, I always say on my channel and in my comments, like, thank you for being here. Because seriously, thank you for being here. I know there's a lot of other things you could be doing with your time and your energy, but you're here with me on the weekly groceries. How miraculous is that? How wonderful is that? So thank you so much for being here. I've had a, I've had a blast. I've had a wonderful time. Um, I didn't drink, I didn't drink any of your tea. It's still here. It's probably a little bit cold. I don't know if you still want it, but yeah. Thank you so much for being here. Let me know how your week was. Let me know what you've been grateful for. We always, oh my God, it's gone so dark as well. I'm so sorry. I didn't realize. Um, I was very focused on looking at the camera that I didn't even realize it's gotten very dark, but, um, what am I grateful for? What am I grateful for? <laughs> oh, so much. So much. I'm grateful for the emotional availability that I've experienced over these past two weeks, of the presence that I've experienced these past two weeks from someone special. It's really opened my heart. And I'm sure I'll discuss further details and different insights that I've been learning on the channel, but today's episode was really just about conveying that the glimpses into emotional availability that I've been experiencing lately and that I've been learning how to do for myself my whole life, to be there for myself and to be, to be able to be there for other people. We all really need to experience that right now. So I just wanna say thank you so much. Thank you for listening to me. Thank you for being present with me. And I hope you have a freaking beautiful day. Beautiful day. <laughs> I hope you have a beautiful day. I've been really into doing accents lately. I mean, I, I do it all the time. But there's a particular video on YouTube by this dude. I'll put it in the comments somewhere. He does, he's really great at accents and he just does loads of different accents. If there's a particular accent you want me to try and do in a video, let me know in the comments. Maybe I'll even film a full video in that accent for you. Excuse me. But I just love doing it. I love doing it. it. Brings me lots of joy. It helps me become more playful. Like, sometimes when I'm talking to myself and I just start doing like a re really random, silly accent, it just helps me feel more playful. It just helps me loosen things up a bit. So if you're taking things very seriously lately and you're just so overwhelmed by things, I just... Just try and talk to yourself out loud in a really stupid, funny, not, not saying that accents are stupid, but the way that you attempt to do them may be stupid, um, in a silly accent and see what happens. Like just, I don't know, when you're singing in the shower, try and sing it in like a Scottish accent or something. You might find that it makes you laugh. And again, it's all pointing towards more intimacy with yourself, being able to be there with yourself, being able to have fun with yourself as well as the more serious and, and heavier stuff that comes with vulnerability. <clears throat> it's also being able to be vulnerable and open up to experiencing more joy and more fun and allowing yourself to play, allowing yourself the freedom to be like that, to be more childlike. So thank you for being here and I will see you in the next video. Goodbye folks.